Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome back, everybody, to Fantasy Football Today. Hope you had a great weekend. It is Monday, March 30th. Adam Azer with Dave Richard, Heath Cummings, and Jamie Exotic. Hey, Jamie Exotic. Funny? No? <laughs> Well, I started. I started watching Tiger King. So yes, I. How far did you get? Two episodes. What do you think? Yeah, it's good. It's you know, it's. I listen, like I said, listen to the podcast, but you got to get the visuals of these gigantic tigers and lions and stuff. Uh, That's the visual you need. Well, so far, I mean, I know, I know what's coming, but yeah, so far, that's uh, the visual of all these people is what you need. Oh, Joe. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. If Jamie is Joe Exotic, you're obviously Carol, right? Uh, <laughs> like you are the Carol of the group. What do you? I don't think he killed. He killed anybody. Yeah, come on, man. Carol's evil. Carol's evil. Um, they're all. They're all evil. They're they all are. Evil. They are all pretty evil. They, they just exploit, exploit. But um, I look forward to the next five episodes. I look forward to today's show because we don't give a lot of love to non PPR. We talk PPR all the time, but uh, the non-PPR mock draft we did was was great, and we're going to review, we're going to kind of compare the differences between PPR and non-PPR. We did a, a, one of each last week, and uh, just see kind of what some of the trends were. We'll review our teams, we'll try to go over the first five rounds or so of the non-PPR draft, and have some debates that we had on HQ that were interesting, like Derek Henry versus Alvin Kamara. Uh, where should DJ Moore go? I want to start with an email. Email of the day, it is from Matt. Staring at the same four walls for the ninth day in a row. Yes, we've been there. Hey, Alvin, Simon, Theodore, and Dave. Dave, which which one are you? Alvin. <laughs> Heath tweeted some stats earlier today comparing Austin Eckler and Alvin Kamara over the last three years. It seemed to demonstrate how good Eckler is, but what does it say about Kamara? Camara's 2017 stats were obviously crazy good. His 2018 had unsustainable touchdowns. Is 2019 what we should expect going forward? Are we blinded by Camara's first two years given his outlier performances in two different areas? Well, Heath, you're the one who tweeted it. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think probably, and this won't be surprising that I say this, but it probably makes more sense just look at the, the sum total of the three years. Alvin Kamara, over the last three years, has averaged five yards per carry, 6.8 yards per target. I expect him to be right around those numbers. The five yards per carry, very similar to Eckler. He's not been near as good on a per-target basis as Eckler has, and really no one is because Eckler's been one of the most efficient pass-catching running backs in NFL history. I still think as long as he stays healthy, you should expect Alvin Kamara to deliver first round value this year. And if the Chargers don't add someone, the same is true for Austin Eckler. But don't you fear Eckler's reception total being hurt by Tyrod Taylor? Oh, I I think it is likely that the total running back targets go down. Let's see who they add. I mean, if they add a rookie and Justin Jackson that I think Eckler's share of the team's running back targets will be bigger than it was last year. Um, but like, I, I, don't, I, don't I don't think don't, they're going to throw the ball to that, Justin. J- I don't, I, I just don't know how, like, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. His, his target share should be better from that position, but the volume is going to go down because of Tyron. 
92 catches. Everybody who thinks Tyrod's playing even eight games is crazy. 92 catches. Oh, I mean, it depends on what they get to and he can't play. Well, oh, I just think like just just ninety two catches, nine hundred ninety three yards, and eight touchdowns. If you're not Christian McCaffrey, I cannot bet on anyone even coming close to that. I mean, that is like like Heath. Heath you haven't projected for seventy five catches. I think eighty one. I believe. Wow. Oh, that's exactly what Alvin Kamara has gotten each of his first three seasons. Eighty. Oh, that's not eighty exactly. for eight hundred and three. I would probably put him closer to sixty five. And and I like Eckler. Don't get me wrong. I think Eckler's right. gonna have because I think his rushing totals will come up. You know, just based on on what he did in those first four games where he had you know three over what was it fifteen carries um, or fourteen carries. Um, I I just think the, the catches will come down by nature of even if it's Herbert. Herbert's much, a, a much more mobile quarterback than Rivers. You know, so um, so if it's the combination of Taylor and, and and Herbert or even Taylor and Love. You know, I I just think. The thing that helps Kamara, it's what helped Eckler, it's what helped James White. You know, it's the the non-mobile quarterbacks. They just, by nature, are going to dump the ball off more. Yeah, and I, I just think that we have to be careful with Tyrod and mobile quarterback. He throws the ball to, or has thrown the ball to running backs more than other mobile quarterbacks do. And Not right, as much as a ton of it in college as well. Um, but he, like he, his target rate for running backs, his three years in Buffalo, was well above league average last year. So it'll fall off from where Rivers was for sure. I don't know that it'll be below, like, I still expect it to be above average. This question was also about Alvin Kamara. So, Dave, you took Derrick Henry over Kamara in non-PPR. I believe they went with back-to-back picks. Uh, And then we talked about it on HQ. And you were the only one that, I I mean, I thought it was, like, so close, such a toss-up. I would go with Kamara. But you went with Henry 6, and then George took Kamara 7. I think you were the only one that would take Henry over Kamara, but I think we all acknowledge it's it's a debate worth having. So let's have that debate, Dave. Why'd you go with Kamara over Henry? I went with Henry over Kamara. Sorry, why'd and you go with I Henry went, over Henry? I went with him because I think that there's a better chance that he gets 1,500 total yards and over 10 touchdowns than Kamara does. And I know Kamara did exactly that. He had monster years his first two years. And last year, we can chalk it up to uh, the leg or ankle injury. He said he was playing at 75%. I, I wonder if Emmanuel Sanders' arrival hurts him a little bit. I, I'm curious to see what the draft brings. I know Alvin Kamara is going to get a bunch of work. And Sean Payton is obviously mindful of it. Did you see the tweets that he sent out on Sunday night with uh, with these plays? He, he, he drew out three plays from his playbook, and one of them was specifically designed for Kamara, and he said, we've got to give Kamara his touches. So I, I think he's got a chance to get pretty damn close to – 1,511 touchdowns, let's just call it that. But I just, I think Derrick Henry's different, and I know that workload's going to be there for him. I'm not as worried about him breaking down. What I am worried about is the Titans adding another running back in the draft because they are they are set for it. They could do it with their first-round pick if they wanted to. And that, that could absolutely crumble Derrick Henry's value, and it would be the smart thing for that franchise to do. But until they do it, I'm... I'm going to be cautiously optimistic about Henry still beating up on these defenses next year. I want to say one thing about Kamara. I, I well, I want to say a lot of things, but this is what I'll start with. I think uh, his workload's interesting. Now you talk about 1,500 total yards. Here's total yards in three seasons: 1,554, 1,592, and then last year he played only 14 games. He barely, he barely had any touches in one of those games, his first game back from injury, and he still had 1,330. 
Um, so, you know, he's shown in two or three years he can get over 1,500 yards. But what is his workload going to be like? Because if you, if you rewind one year from today or just before the draft last year, before the fantasy draft, before the season started, we had this uh, four-game sample size of Alvin Kamara without Mark Ingram. And it was, like, unbelievable. We didn't know what kind of role Latavius Murray was going to have. And if you recall, the first five games before he left week six with an injury, he was on pace for 323 touches and over and almost 1,900 total yards. And then he came back, and in his last seven games, and I'm not including his first game back when he had only four carries, he was on pace for only 276 touches, down from 323 in his first five games. So he, I think Kamara really saw an increase in workload from you know his days with Mark Ingram to his days with Latavius Murray before he started playing with the ankle injury, which was the case the last half of the season. And if he gets that increase in workload, if he gets 323 touches, it might not be as much as Derrick Henry, but it won't be far off. I mean, maybe it will be. Um, if he gets 323 he's, touches, he's going to challenge to be number one. Exactly. And, and that, you know, so, I, so we have this, this year of him not having a huge workload, but don't forget, he did get that huge workload before he got hurt. So and, and the managing the, the the lack of or the the lesser touches the the on pace for lesser touches once he came back could also be by design of the coaching staff knowing he's not a hundred percent and trying to manage him sure. to the playoffs. It's yeah, true, exactly. So so Jamie, uh, you I think had the easiest time oh. saying Camaro over Henry. Without a doubt. Uh, Henry is not somebody I'm going to draft. I'm certainly not going to draft him in the first 10 picks, no matter the format. It's just not something I'm going to do. I fear the workload. And the other thing in regards to Kamara's workload, which I think could something could be something we start to see, Bucky Brooks of the NFL Network uh, tweeted this the other day, which I kind of agree with, which, which is sad about the position, is you draft a running back with an early pick. doesn't have to be a first-round pick. You completely run him into the ground, his first five years, four years, whatever the case may be, depending on when you have your option, and then you let him walk. And so this could be, Kamara, have your year. Go see if you get your money. We're done with you. Could We're going to beat you up. And, and, and I think we saw it with Henry last year. The franchise tag made a lot of sense for their team because bring back the same cast of characters, beat him up for another year, and then let him go. Uh, franchise tag is going to continue to get lower for running backs as these contracts come down. Um, but it's the workload for Henry that scares me the most. You know, it's uh, it's funny because we love workload, and then when we get the workload, we hate workload. <laughs> and that's kind of where I am with Derrick Henry right now. It's just I, I think he was used too much for a guy his size. He's a beast, and if he stays healthy for 16 games, Dave's going to be a, a smart guy for taking him at six. Maybe not over Kamara, but certainly, um, you know, if Kamara does what he's expected to do, but um, you know, he could have another fantastic year. It's a it's a good offensive line. They still lost a key piece. We'll see how they replace Jack Conklin. Um, but you know, it's a uh, you know, Heath has talked about the regression for Ryan Tannehill. So if that comes down and the offense isn't as efficient and they still continue to, uh, you know, or not continue, but if they have some negative game scripts, as we've talked about, you know, will Derrick Henry be as successful if they're chasing 10 points or 14 points? Um, uh, it, we also still have to see what, what they do to uh, address their backfield. As Dave said, if they spend an early round pick, it's going to be bad for Derrick Henry. If it's a late round pick, depending on who that guy is, could be a little bit frustrating. But uh, for me, it's just a matter of uh, I'm, I'm scared of a guy coming off nearly 400 total touches with the playoff. All right, Heath, I'll give you the last word here, and then we will move on. And by the way, I don't know if I clarified this. This is non-PPR. Henry versus Kamara, non-PPR. There's no question in yeah. PPR you're taking Kamara. Right, everybody's doing that. But this is non-PPR specifically. So, Heath, you also said Alvin Kamara, but you thought it was pretty close. 
this is one where I'm at odds with my own projections, and, and I don't mind that in uh, March or April. Um, but I'll, I'll look at it more closely after the draft. Like I, I in non PPR, I project Derrick Henry for more fantasy points. I think the important thing to remember, and Jamie kind of said it, if he stays healthy for 16 games, Dave's gonna feel good about taking him sixth. I don't think the like. And I wouldn't say this for just about anybody else, but the enormous touchdown total that we saw from Derrick Henry, like it's pretty close to in line to what he's done over his career in terms of touchdowns per touches. And I do think that as long as he stays healthy, they're going to give him 300 plus touches, which means that we should probably expect he's close to leading the NFL in touchdowns. And what if he catches 35 passes this year? We haven't seen it from him. Yeah, it would, it, but it, he talked about it. He told us that that's something that he wanted to work on. And maybe that's just the next step that this offense takes. Remember, they've got the same offensive coordinator. It's basically the same offense, different tackle. We, we've seen Derrick Henry catch passes before, but I, I've said it before. If, if they use him in the passing game, they're matching him up on the outside against cornerbacks and safeties. And he's well. Gonna they're not. They're not going to use him. They're, they're not going to use him like that. It's a matter of you well, know, they using him. They should using, maybe. Oh, uh, maybe. But wide, it, you know, yeah. it it's it's really like you know doing what they do, but throwing it to him ten more times. You know, I mean the 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 screen passes and and just the the balls in the flat where he just you know gets out and and you know the their blocking has been exceptional on those plays. You know, they should just do that at least five to ten more times, and that would help his value. I, for me, again, it's just it's just a matter of the injury risk. Okay. Seen it time and again. Yeah, Henry has been really good. You know, in terms of efficiency, ten point one yards per catch. You expect that to go down if he has more catches, but that's in his career. Fifty-seven catches, ten point one yards per catch. That's really good. So maybe they can uh, try to get him more involved there. Um, all right, we're gonna get into. I was gonna go to Heath's team, but I think we'll save that. We'll definitely have time to talk about Heath's team and non PPR because it is fascinating he's got the number one arguably the number one quarterback Lamar Jackson the number one tight end in Travis Kelsey and he is starting two running backs from the same team uh in his backfield so interesting team there I want to talk about that a lot of interesting teams uh first though you got to join our Facebook group search fantasy football today on Facebook or click on the link in the description to chat with the FFT team and other fantasy fans lots of free agency talk NFL draft talk uh, just all types of fantasy content in our Facebook group, Fantasy Football Today. And if you're working from home this week or for the foreseeable weeks and months, you can ask Alexa or your Google Home uh, to play Fantasy Football Today. Should I say play Fantasy Football Today? You can start and stop FFT episodes with your voice. All right, let's do your news and notes here. Bruce Arian said that Tampa Bay is not a fit for Antonio Brown. Dallas signed Greg Zerline and James Palmer of NFL Network said, quote, the belief is that Melvin Gordon will be Denver's bell cow. Dave, what do you make of that? Makes me think that Melvin Gordon's going to have more touches than Philip Lindsay and the coaching staff found things in Philip Lindsay's game that they didn't like. And it probably came in passing situations. I'd love to know what Jesse Palmer thought about. Mm-hmm, me too, but he's he doesn't work for NFL Network. He covers oh. college football. Uh, Melvin Gordon was taken. What about Carson Palmer? <laughs> Melvin Gordon was taken in the fourth round of this non PPR twelve team league, in between David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell. So it went David Johnson, Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell. How do we feel about that order? David Johnson should not be ahead of either of those two guys. I think Le'Veon should be ahead of both those guys. I know he agrees um, with that. In PPR, yeah, I think non PPR, I'd rather have Gordon. 
I would take Bell over. I would take Bell first in both formats. It's closer in non PPR. Um, and I don't, like, I don't know about the Bell Cal thing. I, I don't have it projected that way right now. I think I've got Gordon projected for like 260 touches and Philip Lindsay for 150. So I'm too low on Melvin Gordon if he's going to be a Bell Cal. If he is wow, going to be 410 carries between the two of them. <laughs> touches. Touches. Uh, if Melvin Gordon is going to be a bell cow, then why wouldn't he be like a second round pick? You know, it's hard to believe it with Philip Lindsay there. Like, uh, obviously, they don't love Philip Lindsay, but they're still going to find ways to use him. I don't think they're going to phase him out. And they'd be dumb as hell to trade him. Not that anybody would give anything for him, but his contract is so cheap. His contract is so cheap and he would be great depth at the very least. But why wouldn't a team want to trade for him with his contract so cheap? Because you'd have to eventually repay him. You'd rather just spend a draft pick on one of the seven or eight very nice running backs in this draft class. I don't know. I'd rather maybe take Lindsey for a year and just see what you could do. Okay. Would you give up a third-round pick for him? Oh, if I was a no. running back needy team, absolutely. Really? Why wouldn't you just draft someone in the yeah, third round? You've got right. him under control for four to five years? I mean, well, we don't well, know what running backs are coming off the board by then. There'll be some in the third round. If the, if the if the top six guys, seven guys are gone, I'd much rather have Lindsey for a year. For and a now year? that I'm like thinking about this, I, I, maybe I have to double check it. But what if Royce Freeman's better in pass protection, and the coaching staff is more comfortable putting him in that role? Maybe they maybe they send out some feelers for Lindsey if there's a running back run um, through the second round. Maybe there's a chance he does get moved. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Philadelphia GM Howie Roseman said that J.J. Ortega-Whiteside needs, needs to take a big jump this season, but he also said Ortega-Whiteside was playing with a lower body injury in 2019. Detroit signed Geronimo Allison to a one-year deal. Kansas City signed Demarcus Robinson to a one-year deal. The Redskins signed cornerback Ronald Darby. Not a lot of news and notes. Uh, okay, let's rock and roll. So I wanted to compare non-PPR versus PPR. They were the same format, 12 teams, quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, flex, three wide receivers and a flex, kicker and DST. And in, um, you know, just scoring uh, purposes, like in non-PPR, if you look at the top players from last year that were not quarterbacks, 12 of the top 14 were running backs. So only two were wide receivers. Uh, Todd Gurley was RB12. I mean, Gurley didn't have a great year, and he still was better than all but two wide receivers in non-PPR last year. So big difference, and we'll see how that sort of played out. However, number 15 through 24 in the rankings, I mentioned uh, 12 of the top 14 were running backs. 15 through 24, eight of those 10 were wide receivers. The wide receivers started producing you know, after the top 12 running backs, basically. So that brings us to Michael Thomas. He was taken fifth overall in non-PPR. He was taken third overall in PPR. Uh, Heath, Michael Thomas, fifth overall in, P- in non-PPR. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's fine. Um, I like I am one of the people who have said I could see taking him as high as second in PPR, and that's harder to do with Emmanuel Sanders there. I mean, I don't think he's going to cut into Thomas's workload big, but he could a little bit, and... Thomas does have that weird thing where he's never scored double-digit touchdowns. I think fifth is fine. I could understand if somebody wanted to take a running back instead there as well. Would anybody consider going earlier? It was McCaffrey, Barkley, Zeke, Cook, and then Michael Thomas, followed by Henry and Kamara. Can you make an argument for Thomas ahead of any of those top four running backs, non-PPR? 
I, I guess if you're worried it. about Zeke with Frederick on. Yeah, yep. that's it. I mean, it's not a you got to go with those running backs. Well, yeah. I mean, like he is even in this format, I think safer than any of those guys after McCaffrey. He's safer than Zeke. Zeke's the safest player. I think that you could definitely have concern about Zeke without his starting center and with his workload over the last couple of years. All right, but he managed he, he to had, sign without yeah. his starting center two years ago. Right, he was great that year. I think that was the year he only played ten games, or whatever. Right, either he way, suspended. he was great. Um. All right. Uh. More non PPR. Derrick Henry. We already did that. Let's talk DJ Moore. DJ Moore went twenty fourth overall in non PPR and thirteenth overall in PPR. Jamie, where would you take DJ Moore? In non PPR, either one. Yeah. Like, what do you think? Should there be that big of a gap? Oh, I, I, the think, beginning I think. I think in PPR he's closer to twenty four. I I wondered after looking at the results if he would have fallen a little bit further. I don't think he's getting out of the third round, but uh, the fact that Ben Gretsch was picking at the turn. He had the first overall pick and then the two, three turn. Um, we know how much he loves DJ Moore. So, you know, you, you can certainly have a argument and a conversation about Moore versus Cooper, Amari Cooper, Adam Thielen and Juju Smith-Schuster, the three receivers who went after him. So, you know, I, I think that's kind of where it comes in. I think he loses in non PPR more so than PPR because you just have to wonder about the touchdown, you know, so he could still be, I don't know what you haven't projected for Heath, but he could still be, you know, 85 catches and 1,100 yards, 1,200 yards in this offense. But I don't know if he's going to score 10 touchdowns. I'm hoping your projections are higher than that. I would want more than 85 catches from a second-round pick. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I would say that's probably the floor. The floor, for the okay. Catches. Right. I've got about 90 and 12, 12 1250. And how many scores? Six. And that makes so him the number highs. nine wide receiver in non-PPR. And I've got him right around the start of the third round, like maybe three or four picks after where Ben took him. In non-PPR? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's DJ Moore. Uh, how many running backs went in the first five rounds? 28 in non-PPR. 24 in PPR. How many wide receivers went in the first five rounds? 26 in non-PPR, 30 in PPR. All right, makes sense. A little more wide receiver heavy. What I thought was really interesting, remember this is a three-receiver league. These are both three-receiver leagues with a flex. But in non-PPR, there were maybe three or four teams that would be starting a wide receiver at flex, which did not surprise me. Maybe it felt a little high, but you know there aren't that many good running backs to go around, right? Three or four teams that would be starting a wide receiver at flex, a fourth wide receiver in their lineup. I figured in PPR it would be mostly wide receivers, but actually there were really only a few teams in PPR that were definitely starting a wide receiver at flex. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't know what that means. I, I guess that means that you got 12 teams. We're talking about 36 wide receivers are definitely starting. And then, you know, the 40th best wide receivers, maybe not somebody you want as your flex. Maybe that's just somebody you want on your bench to see what happens. But I thought that was kind of interesting, Dave. Not a lot of teams in the PPR draft were going to be starting wide receivers at flex. Most of them are set to start running backs at flex. Well, not PPR. I think that's going to be the case quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, but in PPR, I'm saying. that I was surprised at how many uh, running backs were set as flex. Yeah. It's surprising. 
I think it's easier to find a flex in, in PPR because of all the catches, and we know that there's going to be more running mm-hmm. backs who, who catch passes that'll you know gain value. So there's the, the talent pool is deeper. And you could say the same thing a wide receiver. The talent pool is going to be even deeper than it already is in PPR because you've got so many extra receivers who might only be good for 700 yards and five touchdowns, but they might catch 60 passes along the way. And those guys will be at the very least good bench receivers and at most um, decent flexes from week to week. Guys that can get you double-digit PPR points. So yeah, I guess that is surprising that there's more uh, running back flexes than not. But the town pool is just deeper all the way around. I'm curious how many teams, there's probably zero, how many teams have a tight end starting in their flex? I don't think I, I don't think any. Um I kind of went through all the rosters and decided, and looked at who was drafted to be the flex, but that doesn't necessarily mean you'd be starting that person and then who who would have a genuine decision to make. I, I don't think there were any teams that are going to be starting tight ends at flex, at least not in week one. We're not playing this out, but no, nah, I mean, it's mostly running backs. I think that might just tell you sort of where wide receiver dries up. And you I don't think that want to wait too so long. I really don't think it's that surprising when you're starting 36 wide receivers and 24 running backs. Like That's it would be very too. surprising if it was two and two, but when it's three and two, I don't think it's that surprising at all. Right. So what does that mean? That means that the the 30th best running back is probably better than the 40th best wide receiver. Or am I going I, too too deep? Like the 20. I would say 30th best running back is better than the 42nd best wide receiver. Okay. Which makes perfect sense. Quarterback wasn't really drafted differently. Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes were round three picks in both formats. Dak Prescott in PPR was the next one off the board. That was round six in non-PPR. Russell Wilson in round seven was the next one off the board. Jamie, certainly in a non-PP... Well, this is how I feel anyway. I think it's pretty obvious, but not everybody agrees. I think in a non-PPR league, in a six-point-per-passing touchdown non-PPR league... The quarterbacks are more valuable because they just score a bigger chunk of the overall points. They obviously don't catch passes, so I feel like they lose in PPR. Uh, do you agree with that? And were you surprised that more quarterbacks didn't go earlier in the non-PPR format? I, I always hate talking about quarterbacks in our drafts because they're never relative to what most leagues do. So uh, you're, you're right. Quarterbacks are more valuable in non-PPR leagues than PPR because... When you start weighing the catches for other positions, it's going to change things a little bit in how people draft. But uh, I think when you look at our drafts, it's always going to be skewed a little bit. So um, the fact that there's not much difference, I don't think really is telling to what most people are going to do. Like I think PPR drafts, you're still going to get quarterbacks won the first round, and non at least the first two. In non-PPR drafts, it's going to be the same thing. The, the, the next draft we do that we're going to do this week, the Superflex draft, will be a little bit more telling or a little bit more relative to what most leagues look like. And tight end was, I think, also drafted pretty similarly. In non-PPR, you had Kelsey in round one. You had Kittle in round two. In PPR, Kittle and Kelsey actually went later. Uh, you know what? Let's talk about that real quick. Um, Heath, Kelsey went ninth and Kittle 18th in non-PPR. Kelsey went 17th and Kittle 25th in PPR. You make anything of that, or is that just weird? Um, probably has something to do with me having the ninth pick. <laughs> as far as Kelsey going ninth. And I think that like I thought in the PPR draft, man, Kelsey, fell, I remember because I'm pretty sure. Did you take him, Jamie, in the PPR draft? I one did. Spot in round in front two, of yeah. Me? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was it, just stealing. There it was, was no reason it, for him to be available there. And it's funny because um, and, and I, I, I did this 
like I said, purposely, I, I don't think we spoke a lot about this draft. Maybe we did. I don't remember because between this and HQ, um, I took DeAndre Hopkins in the first round just to do it. Um, and then I took Kelsey in the second round. That was the PPR draft. Given the options again, I would have just flipped it. Yeah, Kelsey 17th was was really good. Kittle 25th in not in PPR, 18th in PPR. Or sorry, Kittle 18th in non-PPR, 25th in PPR. And then after that, it was pretty much the same. Zach Ertz went 46th in both drafts. Mark Andrews went in round five. Hunter Henry and Darren Waller went in round six. So uh, let's talk about um, our teams in the first five rounds of the draft here. And why don't we go? Why don't we go round by round? All right, here we go. The non-PPR mock draft looked a little something like this. Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, Michael Thomas, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, 7, Devontae Adams, 8, Travis Kelsey, 9, to Heath, uh, Tyree Kill, 10, Julio Jones, 11, Aaron Jones, 12, to Shraggy Bay to finish out round 1. McCaffrey, Barkley, Zeke, Cook, Michael Thomas, Henry, Kamara, Devontae Adams, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Julio Jones, Aaron Jones. Jamie, anything stand out in round one? I mean, no, Hopkins obviously is going to surprise some people. Let's see. Where did he go? He went two picks later to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe Nick, Nick Chubb, too. We got a lot of questions about that. Oh, right. He went a few picks later. How about Aaron Jones? Dave, how do you feel about Aaron Jones 12th overall? I'm liking him more and more. Uh, I spent the weekend looking at the Packers, and uh, I love realizing that he was their goal linebacker on top of everything else. He had 285 touches, managed to survive the season, had 49 catches, so he didn't qualify for Adam Azer's 50 reception running back list. But it's so annoying. It's so annoying. (laughs) I I know, but he's he's fantastic, man. He's he's very good. I think he's worthy of a pick right around there. I think there were too many receivers taken in the first round. I think in non-PPR, you've got to go with running backs. There were 11 11 receivers last year. Oh, no, that was in – was that in non-PPR that averaged double-digit fantasy points per game? And there were 19 running backs, same thing? Pretty sure that's in non-PPR. Okay. Yeah, so, so there were, there are more running backs that can get you big fantasy points in non versus PPR. So I think a smart fantasy manager who's drafting in round one should target those running backs and then look for a receiver in round two. But what's the difference at that point in the draft? Though? At what point in the draft? Late the in round one? Yeah. Because there's going to be enough running backs to go around and there will be people in your league that will take a wide receiver somewhere between five and 11 or five and 10 uh, quarterback. We don't draft them early. Other people will. I, I want to take advantage of that. The running backs. I'd rather get one of the stud running backs uh, than one of the stud wide receivers in non PPR. Just based on the fact that they tend to score more points in non PPR. Okay, but I think what Jamie was kind of saying is like you look at number ten overall. I took Tyreek Hill, and the reason I t- and I was the third receiver off the board. There were four wide receivers in round one. Jamie had the 11th pick. He actually went receiver, receiver, Julio and Hopkins. We'll, we'll see how that worked out. Uh, I'm looking at the board there, and the top seven, or the top six running backs are off the board. The big five plus, you know, or the big four plus Derrick Henry and Kamara. And I actually felt like if I was going to go receiver, running back, or running back receiver with my first two picks, I felt like the tier was going to was going to dry up earlier at wide receiver. I was looking at Tyreek Hill, Julio Jones, and Hopkins and Goblin, maybe. Uh, you know, 
as opposed to there were there were a lot of running backs. There was Aaron Jones, there was Mixon, there was Miles Sanders, there was Nick Chubb. I felt like I needed to actually take a wide receiver first because I I like Tyreek Hill. He was number one in this format two years ago. Um, so that's why I went wide receiver first because I knew I was going to take a running back in round two, and I felt like uh, Tyreek Hill probably wasn't going to be there with my pick in round two. So and that makes sense if if you have to have Tyreek Hill. Or if you feel that way about Julio or Devontae Adams or Kelsey. Well, Adams is Kelsey off the board, right? in that same conversation. Uh, Adams, Adams is not making it that far. Yeah, I would have taken him. But I actually think uh, I actually think I do really, in in this format, non-PPR, really do prefer Tyree Kill to Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Heath, how do you feel about that? I definitely prefer Tyree Kill to DeAndre Hopkins. I feel... I don't feel quite as good about preferring him to Julio Jones just because like Julio has been almost as good on a per target basis as Tyreek. They're both elite in that regard. And the Falcons, I mean, one of the reasons I like Calvin Ridley as a top 12 wide receiver is they've replaced Austin Hooper and Muhammad Sanu with Hayden Hurst. Yeah, but and, you know, you know, you're getting probably four more touchdowns from Tyreek Hill, right? So that's 240 would, yards. One would think <laughs> that Julio Jones has to make up. But Julio's pretty much done that most years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's I, probably going to be a 15. We're talking about 1,500 yards with the running backs. That's probably what Julio's going to do. He's 31. Hill's like squarely in his prime. It's not, They went back to back. So I, I just. I've got him back to back. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's whatever. Splitting hairs. Hey, you know what? Let's bring on a special guest. He's on mute right now. He's listening to the show. He sounds like crap because he's wearing ear pods or whatever the hell they're called. AirPods? I'm Earbuds? Earbuds. No. Ben, what are those things in your ears? What are they called? They're AirPods. AirPods. Thank you. Um, you sound like you're on the moon. Yeah, they're terrible for for these purposes. Oh, You took you had the 12th pick and obviously the 13th pick. You took Aaron Jones and Joe Mixon. You left Miles Sanders and Nick Chubb and Josh Jacobs whatever, and, you know, Ken, and Austin Eckler, Kenyon Drake. You left them out. You took Aaron Jones and Joe Mixon. Tell me why you took those two running backs with picks 12 and 13. Yeah, I was hoping Tyreek Hill would fall and was frustrated you took him there because I think he's the third best receiver in non-PPR. But when those two running backs were there, to me, I like Mixon just as much as Jones. And I think Jones has the top five upside that Mixon has in non-PPR. In PPR, it's a lot different, but I see Mixon and Jones both having the 12 plus touchdown upside that I don't think the other running back that you mentioned have as much guys. What do you think? I, I can't get over how many bad games Aaron Jones had last year. We're talking like, you know, three fantasy points, one, two, three, four, five times. He had three, no, six times. Uh, no, five times. He had three or fewer fantasy points in non-PPR, which is amazing considering he was the number three running back in this format. Also, his catches were not as good when Devontae Adams was playing, so keep that in mind. Uh, and then, you know, I know Mixon, like Heath would not have taken Mixon there, but passing up Chubb. I would have. Yeah, all right, we'll talk about it, guys. Um, the running back order there of... Aaron Jones and, and Joe Mixon going ahead of Nick Chubb and Miles Sanders. So uh, with Mixon in the second half of last year, he averaged just over 15 non-PPR fantasy points per game. The Bengals figured out exactly how to use him. Uh, he's a good patient runner. Their offensive line did a better job of opening up lanes for him. He was great. 
and the offense stands to get considerably better this offseason. So I, I love Mixon. I, I think he's first round worthy. And if you get him in round two, um, you're stealing for sure. The one guy that we could debate about with Aaron Jones is Nick Chubb, because we, we know that Chubb is, is certainly a super talented back. We believe that the Browns are going to use him quite a bit. That would make perfect sense for them to do. It's just a matter of how often he'll have enough touches to be this amazing superstar that we've built him up to be when he's going to share with Kareem Hunt and the offense is still going to throw the ball and and they might have to throw the ball a little bit more than we want to give them credit for because their defense might not be so good. So I'm, I'm ranking those three, those four, let's throw Sanders in there too. For right now in non-PPR, it's Mixon, Jones, Chubb, Sanders. And I would even consider Josh Jacobs out of Sanders at this point. Interesting. All right, Heath? Yeah, I, Sanders isn't really in this equation for me. I'd have, I got, You said I wouldn't take Mixon here, but I, I would take him over Sanders. I think um, like I'm fine with Jones there. That's really right about where I've got him in non-PPR. I had Chubb as the next available back. I was thrilled that he fell to me in round two. And I, even in non-PPR, I think Austin Eckler and Kenyon Drake ought to be considered not too far from here as well. Jamie, your rankings of those four, Jones, Mixon, Sanders, Chubb? Mixon, Jones, Chubb, Sanders. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about round two, guys. Joe Mixon, first pick. DeAndre Hopkins to Jamie. I took Miles Sanders. Heath took Nick Chubb. Chris Godwin, George Kittle, Dave took Josh Jacobs, Mike Evans, Austin. Let's talk about these two picks, Austin Eckler and Kenyon Drake. Uh, they go ninth and 10th in round two, Kenny Galladay and DJ Moore. Um, so yeah, we got Eckler and Drake. I mean, I think in, in PPR, we'd love to get them late in round two, but how about a non PPR, Jamie, were these good picks? Yeah, I, I like Drake better than Chubb, even in this format. So, um, I, I think this is another steal for him. Um, not as big as the one in round three, but... Um, yeah, which, what Jamie's talking about, Kenyon Drake went in round three in our PPR draft, so... Which is preposterous. Which was weird. Which was to me, which is why I have the best team. But, um, yeah, so... He, yeah, I mean, I, I, would overall. Take, I would take Drake over Chubb and Jacobs for sure. And Sanders. Uh, and Sanders, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Eckler. Dave Eckler in round two, non-PPR? This is this is where he belongs. Maybe a little bit higher than twenty first overall. Twenty first overall is a pretty good bargain for for Eckler. I'm I'm starting to get the the feeling that he's going to be their bell cow, and that the Chargers just look at their their running back depth at this point. And they say, you know what, this guy's good. We've had him for a few years. We just paid him. They, if they didn't like him, they wouldn't have paid him. They didn't even have to. They could have just let him play on the restricted tag this year. So I I think the signs point to him having. A uh, pretty decent workload after all. You just got to hope that those catches are there. And we've already talked about that. Round two is great for Eckler um, in in both formats for sure. You can make the case in round one and PPR. 21st overall seems like a little bit of a bargain. Heath, Kenny Galladay over DJ Moore and Amari Cooper and Adam Thielen and Juju Smith-Schuster. All of them went in round three. Uh, your thoughts on Galladay 23rd overall? I'd rather have more than Galladay even in this format, but this is the format where I really like Galladay as a borderline top 12 wide receiver. It's not uh, the, his lack of targets and catches don't hurt him very much. I do expect he's going to be a pretty decent touchdown guy and an awesome guy on a per catch basis. I think this is a fine spot for him in non PPR. 
You know where he finished last year in non-PPR. Third. Where? Wide receiver Third. three in non-PPR, number nine in PPR, 65 catches, very, very low amount of catches for a, a top five or probably even top ten wide receiver. Uh, with Matthew Stafford, he was on pace for 70 catches, 1,280 yards, and 14 touchdowns, but only 124 targets. Um. Yeah, I mean, if, like as we, he finished first in receiving touchdowns. I think it was sixth in receiving yards and twelfth in targets. Something like that. It, it's gross how far he was in targets. I'll tell you right now. Well, uh, but he is 25th amazing. in targets. He was twenty fifth in targets with one hundred sixteenth, seventh in receiving yards. But he's very good in receiving touchdowns. His yards per yeah, catch I, is outstanding. I think. I think it's important, like because people can take that a little too far. I think. Like he is very good. I don't really project anybody for better than 16 yards per reception. He was at 15.2 in 2018, his first year with 100 targets. He was at 18.3 last year, so that's going to regress. And he had eight touchdowns and 160 career targets before last year, and then scored 11 on 116. So, like, I he needs more targets to come anywhere close to what he did last year. Do you think he can get them? 130. He had 116 last year. No, I, I don't. Um, they brought back Amendola. They brought back. They've got Marvin Jones. They just signed Geronimo Allison. T.J. Hawkinson's role could grow. I've got him projected for 119, which is what he had in 2018 uh, for his career. We're talking at 16.7 yards per catch for Kenny Galladay. Uh, okay, I mean, why not just why not just look at Kenny Galladay and say he's gotten better every year? He had a third year breakout. Why wouldn't he just be a super like he could be a superstar or maybe not quite a superstar, but a star at least? And we're talking about him getting drafted in late round two. I think right here or maybe at the early part of round three is just fine. Yeah, I mean, again, it's one. It's the same thing like what I was saying about the running backs in the round one versus the receivers. You're kind of splitting hairs at this point. It's just a matter, I think, of personal preference between Galladay, Moore, Cooper, Thielen, and Juju. Okay, let's go to Those round guys three. Those within five picks. Yeah, so round three has Leonard Fournette, picks, then Cooper, Thielen, Juju, then Carson, Mahomes, Todd Gurley, Odell Beckham, Lamar Jackson, Marlon Mack, Cooper Cup, and Calvin Ridley. So it's Fournette, Amari Cooper, Adam Thielen, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chris Carson, Patrick Mahomes, Todd Gurley, Odell Beckham, Lamar Jackson, Marlon Mack, Cooper Cup, and Calvin Ridley. Uh, Heath, what's the best pick of round three? and What's the worst pick? Well, Lamar Jackson's obviously the best pick. I made that one. <laughs> and you took Marlon Mack, so that's probably the worst. <laughs> Come on. Uh, no, like I, and this will probably be surprising, but I really like the Cooper Cup pick at the end of round three. He has been elite pretty much whenever he's been on a field in his career over it, on a season basis. Now, last year he had a cold stretch at the end of the year, but they're trying to get rid. I don't think Brandon Cooks is probably going to be there by the time we get to the start of the season. I expect him to dominate targets for the Rams and be a number one wide receiver in both formats. And their run game could be bad. I'm not sure it's going to be much yeah. worse than last year. They may well, not run I mean, it as much. The, they may the not be as stubborn. The touchdown production could change. The t- you're right. You're right. A lot of goal line plunges there. Yeah. Cup, and who's the guy that's machine. the security blankie in the red zone for the Rams? Cooper Cup. So let's Cooper go around. Cup. Let's go around the room. We'll go Jamie, Dave, Heath, Cooper Cup, or Calvin Ridley. Jamie. Cup. Dave. 
pour one out for Cup. Heath. They're both my top 12, but I'll take Cup. And you see Mahomes go middle of round three to Dave, and then Gurley and Beckham, and obviously huge question marks on both of those guys, and then Lamar Jackson. So, you know, when do you take Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson when you start to have questions about the other guys? Perfect, perfect way to put it. Right. That's what I think. Now, in taking them, you have to accept the fact that you're going to watch other teams in your draft get very good values at quarterback. But you're going to get a guy who has the chance to consistently put up 25 to 30-plus points per game with a chance at super consistency and uh, a a league-winning type of player for your lineup. So it's it's a sacrifice you have to make, but I think in round three, that's that's the perfect time to do it. Whereas round one or round two, to get those guys, I think you're just leaving too many other good players on the table. But like the distinction here is we're basically just telling 90% of our listeners you're not drafting Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson this year. Okay. Unless they slip, you but they're what? probably not going to. Sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's fine, but I think we feel like those guys get taken too early, and we're going to stick to that. And uh, let's go to round four. A.J. Brown, Devin Singletary. T.Y. Hilton, Cortland Sutton. We certainly are in a different tier of wide receiver here. David Johnson. Well, when T.Y. Hilton was taken. No, you're wrong about that. Like, you're wrong about that. Like, let's go. Let's go. I took T.Y. Hilton. What, what, I, let me count how many wide receivers are off the board um, at this point. But, like, you're talking about A.J. Brown. I would I would rather have A.J. Brown over T.Y. Hilton. But you, you like Cortland Sutton, I think, a lot better than Hilton, right? Yeah. Why? They went back to back. I took Hilton. Heath took Sutton. I think they're going opposite directions. Um, we've seen Hilton in the past two years really struggle to stay healthy. Hilton has never been a big touchdown guy. He's really rarely been a huge target guy. I think the Colts have, like, they, they answered their quarterback problem, probably, but they've made bigger upgrades on the defensive side than they have on the offensive side. They're, they could be a very good defense this year. And I don't know that T.Y. Hilton's going to see more than maybe 125 targets. He's, he's, I don't he's think he scores only, many touchdowns. He's the side. only guy they got. I mean, unless Paris, Hilt, uh, Paris uh, Campbell <laughs> takes a big step. I, I mean, he's their guy. He's it. And he and Andrew Luck's last three healthy seasons, he's been in this format, 10th, 4th, and 13th in those three seasons. What what years were those seasons? The Most recently, 2018. You know, 2018, what was that? I believe it was every other year. I believe it was 2014, 16, and 18. 76 catches, 1,270 yards, six touchdowns on 120 targets in 14 games. And he was the number 13 wide receiver. He had 120 targets in, in 14 games. So... Easily could have had 135 targets. And again, yeah, he's just very good. Like I I don't know. Corlin Sutton, you're you're hoping for something. You got a much worse quarterback than what T.Y. Hilton's got. All right, Dave Jamie. I don't think who, we know that. We don't know that. Dave Jamie, what would you have done? Sutton or Hilton? Sutton. But I see where you're coming from. I mean, it's just a matter of is is T.Y. Hilton's going is T.Y. Hilton gonna stay healthy and is he 
you know, the same the same guy that he was two years ago. Like he said, he's 31. You know, so um, I'll always gravitate toward third year breakout type of guys, and I think that's where Sutton is headed. What if the Broncos draft one of these? No, top three I, forget that. Right now, Hilton or Sutton? It's still Sutton because if it's easier to say Sutton because like the Broncos haven't added somebody. By the time most people are listening to us, we will have done this mock draft that we're doing on on Monday um, on CBS Sports HQ. But if you look at most mock drafts uh, around the industry, NFL mock drafts, um, the Broncos are are very heavily linked to Henry Ruggs. Um, and it makes perfect sense for them. Right. They, they need some speed. Sutton's not the fastest of guys, but he profiles more as a number one type guy than just a strict burner. Um, Ruggs makes a lot of sense as the second guy there. And I think that will be fine for Sutton's fantasy value still. So, you know, I, I like I said, for me, I, I, I don't think there's that much disparity between what the two could be. Hilton probably could be better if things just absolutely work out well for him. But it's a matter of like I think he said it best. They're they're going in opposite directions, and you I see that much rather, huh? Yeah, I see that. No, that's a great point. I I've you'd, you'd much rather it. be with the guy that should be on the rise than the guy that should be on the decline. It's funny because I I was really thinking about taking DK Metcalf there, and that would have been a huge reach because I got him two twenty four picks later. But I don't see like what's different about Cortland Sutton and DK Metcalf. In non PPR, especially like Tyler Lockett's on on the season, right? But we you expect them to add a wide receiver, and they just added Melvin Gordon, and they need touchdowns for Melvin Gordon. Like Melvin Gordon, if if things go right, he's gonna try to you know he's gonna get their goal line where he's gonna get touchdowns. So their offense have to make, take a big jump, I think, for Cortland Sutton. But all right, yeah, what is the difference between DK Metcalf and, and Cortland Sutton in your mind? Is it just Lockett? There's more weapons on Seattle's offense. Seattle's offense might be more aggressive with the football, too. Yeah. I mean, and Sutton Maybe. was a lot better than Metcalf last year. Right. Well, Metcalf was a rookie, and he was just getting his... I think you could make the case for Metcalf to be the better draft day value. Better draft and day if, value, if, sure. if Hilton ends up sliding, he might be the best draft day value of all three of these guys. Just depends on where you get him. Round four isn't the time for T.Y. Metcalf, obviously a lot better than Sutton was, you know, in Sutton's rookie season, but... Sutton a year ahead. Okay, uh, finishing up round four. Brown, Singletary, Hilton, Sutton, David Johnson, Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell. We already talked about that group. Tyler Lockett. How about James Conner? Then Zach Ertz, Mark Ingram, and Allen Robinson. That's actually a really interesting uh, last five picks of the round. Tyler Lockett, James Conner. Tremendous. Zach Ertz, Mark Ingram, and Allen Robinson. What do you like about it there, Jamie? Everything. I mean, you know, you're, you're talking about Gordon and Bell could be fantastic picks Lockett, I still think is the number one guy in Seattle. We'll see what the gap is between him and Metcalf, but you know, you can make a case that Lockett could be ahead of Brown, Hilton, and Sutton. Um Ertz is, you know, I I think he's gonna go in round four, but that's the right spot for him for a team that has not added anything offensively at the wide receiver position for Philadelphia. And then Robinson could be great with Nick Foles or at least, you know, serviceable to where he was, while Ingram, when you look at the running back fall off you know, to get him at the end of round four, in my opinion, just great value considering what went after him. Let's talk about our teams. Let's do it. Here we go. Uh, Dave, I'm going to let you go first. Who are your Thank first you. two picks in this draft? Henry and Jacobs. All right. Running back, running back for Stand you. Stand true to my word. 
that I was taking running backs early on. And that actually, that combined with getting Mahomes in round three and having Le'Veon fall in round four, um, set the table for me to do something that I wasn't expecting to doing. So I went full snips in this draft and didn't take a wide receiver until I think round six, which may not be ideal, obviously. Right. Your first five picks were two running backs, Mahomes, a running back and a tight end. Three running backs, Mahomes and Mark Andrews. Yeah. All right. So let's hear that lineup. Everybody listen, listen to these wide receivers, ladies and gentlemen, go ahead. Ready to be envious of these receivers. Here we go. Jarvis Landry is my one. Darius Slayton and Mike Williams, they're probably more like my three, my co-threes. And then on my bench, my wide receivers are Deontay Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald. And with my very, very, very last pick, I took Antonio Brown just in case he comes back. Okay, but you're, the rest of your team's good. Mahomes, Henry, Jacobs, Le'Veon Bell at flex, Mark Andrews at tight end. I wonder if we go back to round five when you took Mark Andrews, you could have taken Stefan Diggs, Dave. Or Michael Could Gallup, have. or Terry McLaurin, or Robert Woods, and then in the next round you could have taken Darren Waller. So I think or I could have just waited like another four or five rounds could have. to uh, to take a tight end. I think that's. So I think that's I don't like the Andrews the move pick. I should have made. Yeah, but or or maybe the move I should have made was not taking Mahomes in round three and going with a re- wide receiver there. Eh, come on, Mahomes is fun. In round three, because Beckham. My, my philosophy, cut. my philosophy on this, uh, which is always subject to change. A, I thought there was excellent value at the other positions, rounds one, two, three, and four, and pretty much in round five too. And two, I think that just there, are, you can find receivers in non PPR a lot easier than you can find running backs. I think you just, I think you just did buzz from home alone accidentally. You went one. No, you did A, I blah, 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 and two, and then you made your second point, right? Isn't that what Buzz does? He's like, one, did I? one blah, 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 B, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I think about? everybody gets the point without me doing it. Yeah. So in closing, I don't necessarily love this team, but uh, I, I would take it to start a season. What the hell? All right. I think I could do better in, a, in, in our next mock. How are we feeling about Heath's team? It's got Lamar Jackson, Travis Kelsey, Nick Chubb. I think we should save this one for last. Okay. To be honest with you. Let's go to Jamie's team. Jamie with a with a non PPR league goes wide receiver, wide receiver with his first two picks, Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins. Jamie had the you had the tenth pick, right? Yeah. The, no, first 11th, three pick. Eleventh pick. Oh, who was your third pick? Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. All right. So so inter- interesting here. Um, all right, give us your give us your team. Picking eleventh, you took three receivers with your first three picks. Uh, yes, my team is uh, Tom Brady, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, and Cooper Cup as my first three picks. Um, my quarterback is Brady. I took two tight ends and Noah Fan. I also have Robert Woods, so I have four really good receivers. Um, Did you go I receiver took- with four of your first five picks? No. Uh, yes. For my first five picks. Um, Adam ruined me on two occasions in the first five rounds. Uh, he took Marlon Mack in round three. As much as I like Cooper Cup, I like Cup, I think, better than Mack, um, just based on overall. But after going receiver-receiver, I was hoping Mack would have been there. And he took he took Mack. Um, I took Cup at the end of the third round because I knew Ben Schrager had started running back, running back. So he was going to probably take a receiver. Um, 
so that's why I took Cup as opposed to taking running back, running back. Um, but in any event, uh, my receiving core is the strength of my team. My running backs are not. Uh, my first one was Devin Singletary in round four, and then the rest of my running backs are Philip Lindsay, Justin Jackson, Tevin Coleman, Tariq Cohen, and Latavius Murray. And Jamie referenced how I ruined him twice. I just want to, you know, celebrate that. Oh, yeah. Ronald Jones in round five. Yes. You wanted him, and you took Philip Lindsay instead. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, right after yep. I took Ronald Jones. Yes. Somebody could be ruined by Ronald Jones. It was yeah. Me. Yeah. How about that? Um, all right. And so Buck, and Bucks fan. But why? But do you feel like do you feel okay with it in a non PPR league? You know, would you do do it differently? And specifically, I think. Why take Cooper Cup like in rounds three and four? Why not take Devin Singletary and Le'Veon Bell or Melvin Gordon or James Conner or something like that? Whoever your highest ranked running backs were. Yeah, I mean, if if you were to tell me that I could have gotten Robert Woods um, in round five, which is probably something I should have done, but I, I it, like he said, Cup and at, at the end of round three is just a very good value pick. So I didn't expect Daryl Henderson and David Montgomery and Carryon Johnson and Ronald Jones to all go in the fifth round wow. ahead of me. Um, so I was kind of looking at it as, okay, I'm comfortable with Singletary given the way that I started this team as my, as my number one guy. I thought I was going to have essentially like two number two running backs as my starters, you know, not, not having a stud, but then doing the same thing. So like if I had, uh, even Ronald Jones as, as, uh, polarizing as he may be instead of Lindsay, if I had Singletary and Jones in the same collection, cause Jackson could still be really good with the chargers, uh, Coleman for what it's worth is probably still penciled in as a starter for the 49ers, even though Mostert's better. Um, Latavius Murray is going to have a role for the for the um, Saints. And, and I think, you know, Tariq Cohen will be better than he was last year. Maybe not as good as he was in 2018, but still good enough to be a rotation guy. So um, I, I don't mind it. I just don't like the fact that, you know, Lindsey is not in good standing right now as my number two guy. All right. Uh, since we're saving Keith for last, I'll run through my team real quick. Uh, the 10th pick, Russell Wilson... Miles Sanders and Marlon Mack, Tyreek Hill, T.Y. Hilton, and D.K. Metcalf, Austin Hooper, and I also took Jared Cook later in the draft because I think Cook might be better than Hooper, but one of those two tight ends, and Ronald Jones, uh, again, Wilson, Sanders, and Mack at running back, Tyreek Hill, T.Y. Hilton, D.K. Metcalf at wide receiver, Austin Hooper or Jared Cook at tight end, and Ronald Jones at flex. I have Brandon Cook. You got all your guys. I didn't like all. I didn't like this team to be quite honest. Those are all your guys. It's a good team. It's the okay. Best one so far. It's okay. Oh, you think? I don't know. Um, I mean, I think Marlon Mack in this format could be really good. So uh, I was happy to get him in round three. You know, I love Miles Sanders, obviously. As much as I can defend T.Y. Hilton, I also see a lot of downside there. And we'll see about Ronald Jones. And right now, Ronald Jones looks like looks like he could be one of the best value picks. But who knows what the situation will be? And, as we get closer to the season. Yeah, but I, I think, like, you know, if, if forget about where you took Hilton. The fact that Hilton's your second receiver is, is perfectly fine. All right. All right, then I guess I'll be happier about it. Well, Heath's team is is pretty fascinating, and, and Jamie's got a lot of running backs on his bench that are, like, one injury away from being really, really good. And Heath has the same thing, and he's going to need it. All right, Heath, go ahead. Give us your team. I don't. I, I might need him. I'll you, need him for one week it. for sure. <laughs> 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 I started off with Travis Kelsey, Nick Chubb, Lamar Jackson and Cortland Sutton. And I just absolutely love that start. Um, you're going to have to get a little bit lucky later for that to work out. When you take a quarterback and a tight end in the first four rounds, 
you're probably going to be bad at either wide receiver or running back, and maybe both of things don't work out well. Uh, my wide receivers are Sutton, Gallup, Devontae Parker, Marvin Jones, and Golden Tate. I don't feel bad about that group at all. Now, I may like Sutton a little bit more than most people do as a number one, but Gallup is a solid number two. I don't really even like Parker that much relative to where he's being drafted by ADP, but I think he's a good number three wide receiver. And then Marvin Jones is a pretty underrated flex. Uh, Running backs, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are my number one and number two running backs. And I think that it's interesting because they're going to hurt each other a little bit. If one of those guys gets hurt, I probably have a top three running back. Yeah. Top five. Um, But then I don't have a number two running back. My bench is Chase Edmonds, Tony Pollard, Royce Freeman, Damian Harris, and Lamar Miller. (laughs) Yeah, there's potential there. And it's just, you know, you look at this team and you say, all right, he's starting Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. He's not starting a running back at flex. He only has two running backs on his roster that are even worth considering as a starter. And quite frankly... I don't even know that Kareem Hunt should be a starter in a non-PPR league. I guess I'll let you weigh in on that. But in his eight games, he was the number 25 running back, I'm pretty sure, in non-PPR in that stretch. Number 26. Um, yeah, so the question is, you know, could if you were really going to play this league out, could you just say, okay, look, obviously I'm weak there, but I have arguably the number one quarterback in Lamar Jackson I have the number one tight end in Kelsey's the price you pay and I'll just play the waiver wire and get my second running back or, or you know um well could like, you re- it is that's think? kind of what you're saying except I've got three people's handcuffs yeah and you have to hope one of those turns into a starter one of those handcuffs is your own no I was talking about um Pollard Chase well I guess Pollard and Chase Edmonds it's really just two and then I've got three lottery tickets but you so got to hope that happens. If Lamar point. Miller is still a lottery ticket, <laughs> what year are you playing the lottery? <laughs> He'll probably be a starting running back in Tampa Bay. Uh, he might. He might. I don't think he's better than, than Ronald Jones. Even or he's the there. type of lottery ticket where you win like a free three-day-old egg roll or something <laughs> like that somewhere. You know? Yeah, I mean, you just have to hope it happens fairly early because you're going to be dropping them. You're not going to You're not gonna hold on to Tony Pollard and Chase Edmonds. and Ro- I don't even know why you drafted Royce Freeman. Well, this this is this is an interesting team if you talk about just getting studs at a few spots. Because look, Nick Chubb, even with Kareem Hunt there, is still in the stud conversation. Uh, Jackson and Kelsey are obviously studs. Sutton could be, but the the combination of Sutton, Gallup, and Parker should be fine. Um, but you know, if if that's just a skeleton of what his team is by the end of the season, he'll add to it and be fine. It's not going to look pretty on draft day when you have two guys on the same team as your starting running backs, mm-hmm. and then. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I think like my depth at running back, while I don't have a Nick Chubb, is better than what Keith has in terms of the guys yeah. right now. Guys like Tevin Coleman, right? And who else? Uh Justin Jackson with Latavius Murray right, and Trey Right. I'd rather have those guys on my bench for sure. I'd rather have Kareem for Hunt sure. as a number two than Lindsay. Yes. I, I like yeah, Jamie's no, bench more, I like my I, number two more. I think Lindsay and Hunt are kind of in the same same boat. You know, we just don't know what Lindsay's role is gonna be. We kind of have an assumption of what Hunt's role is gonna be. Heath, why do you think, the team uh, that I, that I thought was the best, if, right. if you have a second. Yeah, I just want to know why Heath took Young Way Koo at kicker. What was Talk about your strategy there. Jamie, go ahead. What's the best team? All <laughs> right. This team has Drew Brees at quarterback, Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, and James Conner at running back. Yeah, that's Juju good. Smith-Schuster, A.J. Green, and Will Fuller at wide receiver as the top three guys. 
That's very and good. Evan Ingram at tight end. That's Marone Berkson, baby. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yep. And so what did he do? He waited on quarterback, waited on tight end, and just went after receivers and running backs. Yeah, I mean, Ingram's going to be in that jumbled mix, you know, so whether it's weighted or... It's round eight, though. It's round eight. Probably jumped at the end, end of the run, I would say. Round eight, baby, for Evan Ingram, so... Uh, and he also has, you know, he handcuffed Fuller and Stills, so he did the friendship strategy. And, oh, that's cute. And Mark, Marquise Brown. Ooh, that is good. And Hunter Renfro. Ooh, that is good. I that's like a that. great team. Yeah, good yeah. job, Maron. Plus, he also has, he also has uh, Madison to handcuff the cook. Maron Berkson is representing, and uh, good job to him. And I just realized that Heath, me, and Jamie had back-to-back-to-back picks. That always seems to happen. It's very strange. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you on Wednesday with some bounce-back candidates and a lot of your emails. I was going to read a few today, but ran out of time, so we'll read a lot of them on Wednesday, or Tuesday, Tuesday on Wednesday. Uh, until then, talk to you later on Fantasy Football Today. Na-na-na-na-na-na-na.